0: What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to this week's edition of Rice, Asian comedy. Podcast. This week we will be discussing. There's so many topics, but our first topic is going to be Kim's convenience. They just won another slew of awards at the Canadian Screenwriters Awards. Canadian Screen Awards.
1: Oh yes. my gosh. Canadian
0: Screen <laughs> <laughs> Awards. So emblematic. We are, we are so Canadian close.
1: How <laughs> relevant it is,
0: Fang. You don't even know. Uh, that would
1: be like if somebody was like, uh, "So if you know the Academy?"
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean. So much trouble. But okay. um, moving on from that, we will also talk about the the, uh, nursing home report that we that we received for the deplorable conditions in Ontario nursing homes and then talk about sort of treatment in elders, um, Eastern society versus Western society. Then we'll talk about the Huawei situation, you know, the Supreme Court ruling in BC and where does Canada fit into this? Are we just a pawn in in between these two superpowers? Um, And then finally, the big topic, the thing everybody is talking about, the protests that are emanated from the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, and all, all the, all the different angles we, we can take there. And yeah, that'll be, let's just say a lot of us have a lot of feelings about that. So definitely stay tuned till the very end, cause this will be quite the episode. Now, Going back to a more lighter note and my inability to know what the Canadian Screen Awards were, let's talk about Kim's Convenience. Our good friend, big supporter of Rice, he's been to our shows, Andrew Fung, won, I believe, his third Canadian Screen Award for Supporting Actor in a Comedy. Amazing, you know... Kim's Convenience, a groundbreaking show in Canada and really around the world. It's really permeated and gained more and more fans uh, because it's available on Netflix and other streaming services outside of Canada. So, uh, Leonard, what does Kim's Convenience mean to you as far as um, a writer, a viewer, and a comedian?
1: I mean, I'm grateful that it exists. Uh, It's, you know, like we, when we, we first got fresh off the boat, right? But then we got like a Canadian version of it. And look, it, like everybody who works on it is fantastic. Um, Andrew Fong is brilliant. Like he's, and he's such a nice guy, which, mm-hmm. you know, if if people say that to about a comedian, they're like, oh, well, he's clearly, he sucks as a comedian, but he's that's nice, but he's nice. <laughs> Andrew Fong is legit like an amazing actor, and he's such a nice dude. Like, I, you know, like, he's just one of those dudes where you're like, I want him to get everything. Like, I'm just so happy that he won. Uh, and, yeah, and, like, I'll say the show itself is good. It, I mean, uh, it's been white If you've read the play, the play is very Asian. And it's it's amazing. The play is incredible. I suggest everybody go read it. It's incredible. Uh, and, yeah, they white-ified it, which I understand. Like, they have to appeal to the audience Um that they appeal to like the CBC audience. But uh, the fact that it's there and it's winning awards and like we were seeing people who look like us on TV in Canada is incredible because generally Canadian TV is white as fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was kind of funny on your topic of how they whiteified it a little bit. So I, I had never seen or read the, the, the play and Honestly, watching it, I could I could kind of tell like I was watching with my friends and I was like, there's no way that character was named kimchi in the play. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) there's no way. And the other thing I noticed right away was there's no way that guy's best friend is Chinese. I was like, there's no way. Obviously it's going to be another Korean, but CBC had to insert themselves, which I'm not even saying it's the wrong thing. You have to like, you know, add these different elements. But I will say, you know, whether they had to quote unquote whiteify it, make it more appealing to a broader audience, it still is a landmark show. And I've... I've been binging it on Netflix, CBC gem for the latest season. And I highly recommend it because I think CBC started for me with little mosque on the Prairie, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which was, you know, really showcasing visible minorities, but then with Kim's convenience, you know, obviously for me, that's going to resonate a little bit more. Yeah.
1: And And it's genuinely funny. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's rare, like as a comedian, like I don't laugh at a lot of things, but like that show, I I'm like. I'm laughing out loud. That's not normal for me. (laughs) Like it's genuinely funny.
2: It is quite a good show. And, uh, you know, it kind of surprised me. I'd never really seen a a whole, a wholly Canadian show. Like they're pulling out money. It's Canadian dollars. And that's crazy to me. Like just to see them at like the monopoly money, looking, (laughs) you can look through the twenties. Uh, there's in Kim's convenience, the family, a lot of the episodes revolve around them making a purchase like a large, like a fur coat or like a new dishwasher, like every episode they're buying something that's like thousands of dollars. Where do they get this? They run a convenience store. Am am I like, am I in the dark (laughs) about (laughs) how much money? Are they making, is it a front? No, you'll notice that Appa is like really cheap
1: about it. Like he's buying the new dishwasher, but he's trying to save money. He still gets the dishwasher. dishwasher. And then he gets screwed because he has two dishwashers now, but like, whatever. We're not discussing specific episodes, but he's like, like one of those big character tricks is he's very cheap. He's trying to save money.
3: Mm.
2: So they they do talk about that like they're not like a wealthy family by any stretch
3: Mm. But they always
2: end up buying the thing. They always end up buying the thing
3: (laughs) I first heard about Kim's convenience because I was actually moving back from Beijing to Toronto and my sister had told me about it. and I was very excited to see it So I started like Netflixing it when I was um, in BC at my mother-in-law's house and um, my sister who's a filmmaker and who actually uh shadow directed on the show. I have a funny oh. story about going to the rap party and embarrassing myself in front of Ines, is that his name leonard the creator of the shows? Yeah, ines right? yeah, Choi. Um But when she first told me about the show, she was like, yeah, it's funny And I thought it was funny But then she raised the point about how the korean parents had these accents And how speaking in those accents was just like not a realistic Korean family would not do that and I understand that they had to like whiteify it by making that for like you know people to absorb it and digest it but it is kind of like I, I guess we can suspend our reality because it is like a sitcom comedy show but I don't know I feel like if we had more shows to choose from I'm not saying Kim's convenient like it is a good show Compared to so many of the shows out there. But if we had more Asian shows out there, maybe we'd be more discerning about certain factors as well. Do you know yeah. what I
2: mean? Yeah. And but I think there's like a there's like a soft limit, like a ceiling, it feels like of there's not more than a certain amount of Asian content going on at any given moment.
1: Yeah. This is the problem with uh just Canada, it, it, not just Canada, but like I would say like entertainment in general, that's like Western. Where there there's like a, a quota where they are like oh we have an a like we have a show about Asians we got our token guy Love Bee, we have a show about this but it's like okay how many shows about white people do we have like how many different yeah, white
3: exactly ex-
1: friends yeah. suits I don't exactly. know billions. Yeah, can we you not know. have a show an Asian a show about Asian doctors? Like Abby? First of all like Grey's Anatomy one Asian doctor. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like I've been to a hospital.
2: You, I've seen <laughs> what goes on, okay? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of us yeah. in there.
3: Like we, all the nurses it, are so. Filipino and Asian or Indian, like yeah.
0: doctors oh, too. It, it's it's even worse in gay TV shows and cinema. Like there's an HBO show that was on it used to be called Looking. Which is a gay show set in San Francisco that somehow managed to not have any Asians. A San Francisco Bay show about gays. Are you? Have you been to San Francisco? <laughs> yeah. Come on! I now. mean, come on! Like San, San Francisco, rice aroni is the San Francisco. <laughs> <tree>. <laughs> um, okay. I, I um, any any last thoughts on uh, on Kim's convenience? yeah
3: go watch it yeah it's <laughs> a good Definitely. show but i'm just pissed because i'm not in it <laughs> 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 forgive me in this joy hire me back as someone i
0: don't know Yes, hire, hire all of us they they have been renewed for another season of course they're award-winning and also yeah. you know congratulations to andrew fung but also congratulations of course to simu lu who the new avenger yes yeah. the newest avenger shang chi Looking forward to it. I've been, you know, he's in Australia right now, but I've been looking at his interviews. He's, you know, what? Look up his social media. He sings, he plays the guitar, he's gorgeous. I know oh, Ma- he's great. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. my game. I was in is the writer's out, room, but...
1: Like, we we're, we're kept trying to come up with an episode where he sings. Oh, <laughs> really? Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad that Marvel's finally including uh, an Asian that isn't like part of the like the white Asian Doctor Strange universe. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> mm. with, the, with the bald white monk lady she was the she was the most was asian tell person so, tell yeah yeah, really? tell yeah when the, the most asian one. person in marvel before this this one
3: i think yeah. if you make anyone bald they can be any ethnicity look at ben kingsley as gandhi i mean like. uh,
1: but he is part indian
3: is he is he really no. yeah, okay.
2: yeah yeah
3: fair i enough. think they just
2: weren't trying very hard did.
3: So British and India have that whole colonial thing going yeah, on. No.
2: Yeah, they yeah. had they had Tilda Swinton locked for a deal and so they just like, oh <laughs> just shove her in Doctor Strange. She can be Chinese.
3: <laughs> he was in Thailand for that movie The Beach. So there's the connection.
0: Okay, we're far fetched now. <laughs> okay, uh, that that topic seemed to really peter out into <laughs> the randomness, which brings us to our next topic, um, uh, the nursing home situation in Ontario. So at the start of COVID nineteen, all this craziness was happening where nurses were abandoning their these nursing homes because they were understaffed, under. and you know it it, it seems like there were uh, a bunch of different factors where COVID-19 did shine a light on it but there were also some policy issues beforehand about the fact that that, uh, nursing home inspections in Ontario had been defunded somewhat so people weren't checking in and also um, uh, the The temporary staff where the part-time staff of nursing homes are allowed to work in multiple nursing homes. So those nurses were vectors of disease, bringing it from nursing home to nursing home. And then COVID just blew this whole thing up. So the question I want to ask to our panel is... You know, would you ever put your parents in a nursing home? Um, and w- w- what do you think about how elders are treated in North America versus how we were brought up? Let's go L- to let's ask general.
1: Jennifer's kid if if you yeah. would put yeah. her in a nursing home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, would
3: you put mommy in a nursing home? Let's say I'm really old and you had to take care of me. Would you put me in a place where other people can take care of me, or are you going to take care of me? Take care. Um I mean take care of you, Mama. That's the right <laughs> yeah, answer. Yeah. You have to play more Minecraft
2: tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> you'll say anything for a little Minecraft time.
1: What uh, <laughs> do, man? You're gonna bribe your kids to take care of you with video games. <laughs> um,
2: but it's these places are awful. I mean they're not like the they're going like days without feeding the the elderly people and they're they're not moving them in their beds and they're handicapped and so they're they are covered in bed sores. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the the companies are just profiting like thirty million dollars in twenty nineteen. They're like they're uh they're just building the biggest yacht they can and they're gonna shove all the old people on the bottom and make them a row because they're <laughs> just they're stacking cash over there and and they're not doing their jobs. We I think it might be un-American of me to say, but I think the government needs to step in and reset. Like minimum standards here. I mean, there are minimum standards. The problem
1: is that they're not reinforced. Reinforced, yeah. So if you don't enforce a standard, is it really a standard? But it's but it's not all long term care homes. Like there are some that are actually quite good. Uh, but unfortunately, it's always like the ones that get impressed. It's like, well, they all suck, you know. And then everybody's like, yeah, like it's all Ben Stiller, like <laughs> you know, like turning like uh, nursing homes into sweatshops or whatever. Like, but I. Like, I was, you know, as a side hustle, uh, apart from comedy, I was, uh, I I founded a startup to do healthcare for seniors. So I've been in a lot of these nursing homes. Mm. And uh, yeah, so we're doing, it's like a a watch that they wear and then it, it like, measures whether they fall or heart rate and then it sends it to a nursing station and then, like, they can get an immediate alert, send people over. Uh, And this was, like, a group, like, of Asian nursing homes. And uh, yeah, like, they looked... Nice. I was like, I'd live here. Like, man, this is pretty nice. (laughs) It's pretty sweet. Uh, They have like a garden on top. They have like ping pong. They have like yoga. They have like food, like like tea, dumplings, whatever. It's great.
3: It looks great. I think we need to acknowledge that before COVID hit, the state of a lot of these nursing homes was already... Pretty crappy. Yeah. 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 And that's why when COVID hit it just escalated uh, The military was sent in and basically it's like that scene from the opening of The Walking Dead They just, everyone just <laughs> deserted like that's what it was That's what it reminded me of you're hearing of people starving for days You walk through the halls and it's like mm. people like crying for help and not being fed but then I'm asking myself like where are the uh, the children that have just left their elders in these places. You're not gonna call and follow up.
2: Well, They're, they're probably scared to go and visit.
3: No, right? you can't visit, but I, I'm saying they could have demanded more. If I had been a person that put my mom or dad in a place like that, the first thing I'm doing is trying to get communication. And if I can't get like any kind of direct commu- communication, I'm going there. I don't care. I'll wear a mask. I'll do whatever. Even if they say, no, like, sorry, you can't visit your, your mother now because of COVID. And it's like, no, who's there? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I
2: can imagine like the only thing they really spent on in this crisis was security. So keep people from rescuing. <laughs> that, you know, they don't have anybody to take care of the old people, but they got like armed guards at the front. Like don't, don't take them out.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: No rescues.
3: The question yeah. is really like, you know asian we were brought up to mm-hmm. respect our elders do we love them necessarily no but the respect <laughs> oh, comes with a cultural face thing and an obligation i knew from a young age i had to be famous and rich so i could buy my dad a mercedes and what repay him for breaking up our family like <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? and i still feel that guilt and that burden and that pressure and that's why even today, like I'll send my dad my SERB money because he didn't pay his taxes as a dance teacher. I feel like I need to pay for my parents' trips because I married well. Meanwhile, when I when I look at my husband's white family, he's like, that's kind of weird. Like they have four siblings among them and they all pay for each other. Like he doesn't even like he'll pay his mom back and she'll pay him back. And to me, as an Asian, like that's just weird. We're just like, oh, whoever has more, it's a Robin Hood mentality. We share the wealth. We take care of the common good, and maybe that's a communist mentality. But like my family grew up in Taiwan, so it's not just communism. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Yeah, you know, we do get a lot of mileage uh, in Asian culture just for coming inside. That's all it takes. <laughs> you get a lot out of that. You don't get everything, but you know, you get a lot of like, oh, you got to respect me because I, because I, I came inside. That's why. Came, came inside. inside. Like, wait, is, wait, that is that a sex thing? A sex thing? <laughs> is that like you came inside? <laughs> yeah, 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 you're dead. You're, you're dead now. Filial piety. <laughs> Oh,
1: I thought it was just, I thought you were saying like, oh yeah, you gotta respect them because my dad came inside. No, 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 no. Like, what what, not, the
2: f- what this are you it? talking about? No, man. no, 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 no. He came inside. <laughs> I was inside. so confused. With his with his dick, you know, I gotta spell it out. Is his he used his penis? Oh, that's,
3: no, that's what I thought. And you impregnated
2: was like, oh your god, mother.
3: He is talking about that. What? Talking about yeah. that. I was like, so this
0: isn't a metaphor.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. This is all. This is all very literal. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I think I think we're all shocked because on the last show, I think um, all I think me, Leonard, and uh, and Jennifer all talked about Jennifer's vagina, but Sebastian stayed out of the conversation, and today. <laughs> Yeah. We do, we do top have,
3: part. Remember that. I do
2: have, you have to meet
3: you for the next. second
2: time. Okay. <laughs> the dirty boy. We talked about the <laughs> top
0: half. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah. Oh so, um so for for elders, it, it was really interesting. Like for for non Asians, it, it must seem so weird. But for me, like putting putting my parents or the elderly in a nursing home would be seen as like the greatest. You know shame you could put on a family yeah. like like literally when elders came in to our house like it was basically like royalty like I literally, to the point where I even had to change the way that I held chopsticks. I had to hold it in the more, you know, regal way, in a way that I wouldn't at home. I'd have to change my speech patterns. Like, it, it wasn't, you know, these are not people you're going to shovel off. And then anytime you made a huge life decision, you would go to the community elders and all the way until like freaking 100 years old. Like, there's never a point where you're like, oh, yeah, they have dementia. Like, who cares? Like, you would still go them even if they might forget who you are half the time but you're still like when they come to they're going to give you good advice <laughs> you know yeah um look I mean
1: I would I would never want like my parents tell me that like, they don't they don't want to be a burden so they're like when the time comes kill out the home <laughs> and like they're because my parents are amazing first of all like they're incredible I'm not saying that just because they're 100% going to be listening to this later like they are the best parents in the world I'm not Like for sure. How big parents are garbage compared to my parents'
0: how big an inheritance you have coming to you, (laughs)
3: Lynn?
1: I'm an only child, like whatever. It's all piety achieved. But no, man, like my parents are great. Like, but I wouldn't want to put them in a home, you know? Mm. Like I you know, like I mean
2: A, I couldn't afford to put them in a home, but like Yeah, like why these are so derelict and they're expensive. (laughs) You'd think that it would be cheap. Oh, they're so expensive. To put my grandmother in prison, you think it wouldn't be that expensive? Yeah, yeah. like
1: you know, like with doing the startup, like we're like, oh yeah, they're, yeah, they're throwing money at this thing. I
0: was like, yeah, because they got money. <laughs> yeah, at most, the most separation I could have dreamed of growing up would have been to buy a duplex and have my parents on the other half. Like that's about as far <laughs> away as you're allowed to 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 get with parents. Although I will say, I, I'm the youngest. So I didn't have to worry about that as much. But considering my oldest brother is not very responsible, um, it, it probably would have fell on on the rest of us. So I, I always had it on the back of my mind. Um, any, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic?
3: Yeah, I think the conclusion is just that non-Asians. I don't know if you want to be. I don't want to generalize. I guess you know the people that are putting their parents in these nursing homes that are in deplorable conditions are just treating their elders like iphone 5s like in you go yeah like i'll listen to you when you know i need to get that track that Aaliyah (laughs) sang back in the day but (laughs) other than that nah out of sight out of mind and it's an ignorance it's it's why parents put their kids in nursery because they can't deal with them you know
2: Wait, that's why? Uh, yeah, I thought it was because yeah. they had like jobs and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: I, I mean, you don't have a you job when you're, you're when your
3: old person is old. You don't have to work. <laughs> no, they, you're they, you're regress. They regress.
1: He, he just said he was going to take care of you when you're older, and you're yeah. already, like shoving this guy. To off. be
2: fair, he did only say that for Minecraft. Yeah, he did. we don't know he'll, if you'll follow through. There's no guarantee.
1: Anyways, Jen's going yeah. in a home for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just pick him just pick him a nursery that has Minecraft.
3: Yeah. okay it's also sad to think okay sorry one last point it's also <laughs> sad to think that maybe a lot of these people deserted the nursing homes because they were like you know how in the beginning they were like this thing is killing old people
1: mm-hmm.
3: that would be a very sick and twisted way for people just to leave and be- because maybe they feared that they would get it maybe they thought okay a lot of these seniors might be carriers and there wasn't a lot of information going on The whole recommendation about masks wasn't out, so they could have fleed because they were like, "I don't want to get it." People aren't
2: (laughs) really thinking rationally. They're stacking toilet paper still. It's like the first thing to go at the the store. Like this, people aren't thinking. They're not using their brains. Yeah,
0: I I, I wouldn't totally blame the workers at at the nursing homes. I'd somewhat blame the workers. (laughs) Somewhat, but but, you know, I think the
2: bosses are probably because they're they're probably not getting like full pay.
0: Yeah. Well, so so the reason why that the reason why the employees are working on multiple nursing homes or is they're not giving them full jobs they're giving them contract positions so they don't have full benefits they don't have um uh, increased care. so then they have to work in multiple homes and honestly if i'm not getting full benefits and you're not paying me that much i'm going home i ain't i ain't dying yeah no,
3: no but in bc they had only like 200 deaths compared to like the 1200 in uh the gta so what happened in BC was that they, I don't want to say employed the Chinese way, which is like lock it down, test everybody, let's equip our workers with the right material, but that's what they did and they managed to limit the number of deaths. So there's obviously- The obvious Chinese
1: difference. way, that's the scientifically correct way.
2: Yeah, no, no we, we, own, we own science in China, yeah, that's, science. that's what we do.
3: Okay, yeah. not the Chinese way, the right, <laughs> the right way, the way that yes. works. The way let's I just,
2: let's just claim anything good. Now no, it's Chinese, okay? You like hamburgers? Those are Chinese now.
3: <laughs> yeah, Tiger
2: Woods is ours, for sure. For sure. But yeah. not the cheating bit,
1: just the part That's, where he wins on to the next
0: topic, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of China, um, our next topic is a huge topic in China and in the Asian community in Canada is the BC Supreme court ruling on, um, on the VP of Huawei. Um, Jennifer, I'll let you say her name.
3: Meng Wanzhou. Wanzhou. I think that's the tone. I'm not even sure.
0: Yeah. So so she is, (laughs) so she is the, um, So she's the daughter of the CEO and founder of Huawei, I believe. And so she's more than just the VP. So this has been a huge international incident. We were asked by the U.S. to hold her for extradition, but it was going through the Supreme Court on whether we could begin the extradition process because what she did may not have been illegal in Canada. But, you know, how do her treaties work with the U.S.? All this kind of stuff there... Actually, going into the decision this week, most of the news seemed to think, including Canadian news, seemed to think that she was going to win her case in the Supreme Court. So it was somewhat surprising. Um, so what 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 do you all think about this whole situation? You know, why are we holding her in the first place? I still don't know what on earth Huawei did. And uh, uh, yeah, how's very, Canada doing? It's very ambiguous. Yeah. What did
2: they do? <laughs> I think that's why people think that she's getting off because we don't know what she did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not easily distilled. You can get away with the crime as long as it's not easily explainable. No. I
1: mean, well, yeah, she that's, that that's how we have the president of the United States right now. But I think the thing, I, from what I understand, and again, uh, my understanding of the whole thing is limited, but Huawei violated sanctions on Iran, which is bad.
3: <laughs> yeah, or. <we're... Yeah. laughs> yes, Sanctions on Iran and she lied to a lot of financial institutions about it And there was also accusations that her company Huawei owned by her father uh, Was into all kinds of shady stuff. So it was basically (laughs) lying to the government, which is a crime in Canada Their argument was that because Canada doesn't have sanctions uh, Against Iran that she should be, you know, completely set free based on that fact
1: but isn't right. Canada part of the whole group of people who had sanctions in Iran?
2: No. Yeah. Really? It was, if it was just U.S. Iran sanctions. Well, then... oh, yes. I didn't know that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be Iran now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not, like, if she got in trouble because of U.S. sanctions in Canada, then that would, as a, like, it would set precedent for U.S. laws applying in Canada, which isn't really right. a good thing. Okay.
1: Right. But, but the issue is, like, if... She, yeah, so like she breaks if she breaks an American law and then she happens to be here because there's an extradition treaty. America's asking us to arrest her on their behalf to bring her. So that mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's basically how it works. So but Canada could have said no and then sent her off. Or maybe Canada could have like, this is what I think Canada should have done, actually. Canada should have just been like, okay, and then dragged their feet a little bit on it, and like maybe warned her and then quietly, and then she gets out, goes to Australia, and then it's their problem. Yeah. Because right? <laughs> that was the next thing on that was the next thing on itinerary. And then Australia asked to arrest her and it's like whatever that place is already you know full of criminals apparently
3: (laughs) i know right now she's like the bed bugs of international relations
2: (laughs) like i don't know she's she's under arrest right now in vancouver and under arrest i would i would love to be under arrest like this she's she's in her in her uh, multi-million dollar mansion uh she can still go out on the streets of vancouver Mm -hmm. uh sorry guys i can't i can't come to work today uh 10 million dollar bail Sorry. Yeah. Basically, basically, she just got all. All that happened was she was allowed a head start
1: on quarantine. on <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. vacation for yeah. her job at Huawei.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, un, un, unfortunately for Canada, there was retaliation in China. There's the two Michaels being held in fairly inhumane conditions on what almost everybody believes. And China is barely trying to make the case that this isn't the case, other than paying it lip service, that it's clear retaliation. Um, And Mm -hmm. they're holding these two men in solitary confinement with, um, I believe, 24 hour lights. um, So they Uh, don't.
3: they, They took away Michael Korvig's glasses and left the light on apparently for 24 hours. But the thing is they've been in prison over 500 days now and since the quarant- uh, since coronavirus hit, I believe since January, no one, I'm talking the consular general, their lawyers, their family friends, no one has had contact with them. So we don't even know if they're alive.
1: They're basically the elderly.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're in an Ontario nursing home right now. <laughs> they hit them they, like they didn't even take they, they did ship them back. And when they finally have to turn them over, they'll be like, "They're they're in they're in a uh, they're in Hamilton, <laughs> they're already there the whole time. fooled you, gotcha."
0: Yeah. So this whole situation, I I honestly don't even know what's happening next. I believe now there's there's extradition um, processes happening now that it's cleared the Supreme Court. So I guess that's the next thing. There may be more retaliation from China because, from what I understand. In China, they don't see that the courts and the government are separate in Canada because maybe there's less separation in China. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I don't I don't totally know. So they're not really believing that the courts made a decision independent of our government. So they're kind of taking it like a message from Justin yeah, Trudeau.
3: A political message, absolutely. Even a former Canadian ambassador to China, David Mulrooney, was like. This is fully a hostage situation where these two men have been taken and the ransom is Meng Wanzhou. Basically give her back and we'll release these two guys who were arrested on kind of bogus charges of espionage. They were claiming that the Corvik guy who is, uh, what does he do? He, He was a former Canadian diplomat and like he's working for some think tank, like a crisis group or whatever. They said he was spying and that he got the other, like the intel from the other guy. And yet they dragged their feet on, On they charged them, but they dragged their feet on like opening a case about them to drag this out because they don't, I guess they don't have the substance. But I mean, China, like I live there, I've lived under kind of what they can do when something plays on CNN and they can just pull a plug and your TV goes black and you're sitting there in Beijing. Like that's the amount of control they have. Fen Bingbing, one of the biggest stars, like Kim Kardashian famous in Beijing, Mm. she uh, wrote something or or not tweeted, but wrote something on Weibo that was offensive or the government thought was Mm. sensitive. She literally disappeared for three months. Like no Mm. one heard from her, nothing, and then suddenly reappeared. So you just have no idea how deep, I guess, the ocean goes with China. And look, I love living in China. I don't want to get killed. I'm saying all the nice things now.
2: (laughs) It it might not be safe. You're not getting your old job back.
1: No, you can can really trust a compliment when it's followed up by, I don't want to be killed.
3: (laughs) No, I love China. I work for CCTV, but I'm just saying the world has no idea how... I guess, scary and powerful it is and what their goal is. And their goal is to unify their country and make it a number one player. And if it's getting Huawei, which already the US is suspicious of the 5G spying technology. I mean, it's just, it really is a game of politics yeah. now.
1: Is is America, are they actually, I mean, cause I was looking up like, what evidence is there of spying? And like, you know, obviously a lot of it's classified. So I don't know if it's, out there or whatever but like is part of it maybe just because american companies are going to get fucked if 5g comes in because 5g is like way better technology american companies have not caught up with it and so they're just worried about losing
2: economic dominance and not and they're using espionage as an excuse for like Exactly. exactly how how revolutionary is five G? Is it just faster four G? Because like that's cool, but I don't see it worth starting like a huge trade war. Well,
1: five G uh, can carry coronavirus. Five G right? <laughs> carry Chinese uh, spying. Can, you know maybe yeah? yeah so probably. I bet you it would be amazing for Candy Crush.
3: It has military implications too.
2: Yeah,
1: because like it
3: can do all it, kinds of me, stuff. Like it yeah, can like, like
2: spread COVID nineteen. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: it does
2: not. Let let me let me go ahead and say that that's not true.
0: (laughs) From what I understand on the technology side of it, I've you know I, I keep a pretty close eye on on the technology side of this story, and I have yet to see anything even close to being compelling. In fact, most of the accusations they've made against China and Huawei are things that have been proven that the U.S. and the CIA did to China through some of the through some of the WikiLeaks. So it's just like they're you know being like just being because you know I, I used to um, I used to be be trained as a network engineer and so that technology you could check, Every computer, every Huawei phone, you could actually check when signals are being sent out. It's very hard to send out a signal without being captured. And nobody has been able to capture this. And the only evidence of anybody doing this spy technology is the U.S. That We have actual proof. So when they started to... Do these sanctions say, you know, like, you know, I do think there's an issue of of IP theft and all that kind of stuff with Chinese technology companies. But the actual spying, it's a little bit hypocritical from the U.S. considering they were caught red handed. And now they're accusing the Chinese, and nobody has actually come up with this evidence of these Huawei phones got you know taken out of circulation. Um, but now to, to make kind of an odd pivot, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Jennifer because you played Meng Wanju in a movie, and how did that feel? You really lived this experience, um, and do does the Chinese government? hate you now as being part of the american propaganda machine against your homeland. Well, I was
3: I was terrified. Look, this is before I got Actra. I needed my credits, okay? <laughs> there was a movie, a script called China's Truth. So I'm thinking, "Oh, this is like pro China," okay? I'm an idiot. Uh, I didn't realize the film was uh, half produced by Steve Bannon. Found this oh. out after the movie was done. The agents, I mean, they got some real good Canadian actors on this uh, roster. <laughs> and they're all furious because it's like, it is propaganda. And um, look, the way they sold it to me was we're doing a film. A, 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 they didn't even say it was a movie they were like it's a tv series it's whatever it's something that's documenting in real time what's going on with the huawei case and because you can speak mandarin i was originally auditioning for the role of the journalist um because i was a journalist in china they're like, you'd be perfect for the role. And I was like, okay, I'm going to memorize a few lines in Chinese. Mind you, my Chinese isn't that good. So my defense is I didn't really know what I was saying. Obviously, <laughs> I know that Meng Wanzhou is the figure who is, you know, being, I was arrested. They We reshot the scene at Pearson Airport. <laughs> I have an ankle bracelet on in one scene. I'm in a prison. I'm talking to my dad, like, get me out of this mess. I'm embarrassed. I'm with all these other, like, hooker prison woman and I don't belong here like it was. Just- uh,
2: can I just say uh race trader?
3: <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. Fully taken. And yeah, I'm embarrassed. Like my agent says Jen. So it's probably stupid that I'm talking about it on this podcast. She's like, we need to bury this. This is not good. Cool. <laughs> it's already on IMDb or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. It is available if you Google what's the name of the movie again. Claws of the Red Dragon,
2: and we're going to do a segment on it for sure.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it
1: sounds like some like B movie. It's like B martial arts movie starring like in Billy Blanks. Yeah, it's like Street
3: Fighter 2020
1: edition. I don't know. Like, oh, I'm going to fight you with Taibo.
3: Chung Lee. Here you
1: go.
2: Steve Bannon's an unlockable <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah, his, his big weapon is the Bannon cannon. <laughs>
0: Uh, Okay, so um, pivoting. I'm still learning. Um, Unlike Jennifer, I don't have training on actual hosting or moderation. So I'm not sure how to actually segue into this next topic. um, Because it's quite a serious topic. It's what the entire world is talking about. You know, it's the reemergence of the Black Lives Matter movement due to a due to a string of different incidents. The latest being um, George Floyd being killed on video. But honestly, even a week before that, there were there was a black jogger gunned down. Um, There have been other incidents in Canada. Um, There's a hashtag Justice for Regis campaign going on for a black woman who surprisingly somehow fell off of her balcony i'm not sure if the cops had body cams i don't know what's going on um it just seems really fishy it sparked a whole new um a whole new round of protests around america around the world in toronto and you know before we jump into the actual topic of the protests and the riots, we do want to zone in on the Asian perspective on it. Of one of the four cops who were involved in the George Floyd killing was Asian. And his photo as um as somebody who was standing by and not helping, um, somebody who was clearly saying they can't breathe and asking to be helped. Um out of their position so that they wouldn't die um, basically calling for their mom. And this cop, this Asian cop was not helping. He was doing crowd control. Now I will say that a lot of perspective has been put on this Asian cop, but there were four cops and out of the four cops, three of them were physically holding down George Floyd. And even though doing crowd control and not helping is despicable, um, Mm -hmm. I do think there's an oversized reaction to being a bystander and not helping to the other three people physically killing and holding them down. So I will say that that's not an excuse. But the question I want to put in, this is the longest intro ever, but the question I want to put to our panel is, you know, this image of an Asian standing by not helping a black man in need You know, what is our responsibility as Asians? Are we doing enough? Are we playing our part in what's happening to the Black community as they are being hunted and gunned down in real time by these police officers? I think the
1: issue is because with the Asian cop, I think some people are like, well, he's a minority too. Like, he should know better. Like, it hurts more. It's more of a slap in the face Mm. to the Black community that... Another minority who also suffers some discrimination did nothing, mm. and it's not about the response our responsibility as Asians. It's about our responsibility as humans. Like if we see something like that, we should do something. And I understand like the bystanders are saying things, and I think it's. I mean, obviously it's about race. Like race plays a huge factor, but one of the biggest factors is power it's about the inequities of power because, and I don't know if the Asian was like a subordinate officer or whatever, but I know for sure the bystanders, there is like a, a power differential between them and the cops. Like if if those weren't cops, one of the bystanders comes and knocks them off of George Floyd, for mm-hmm. sure. George Floyd is still alive, but they can't because if they push that, if they push a cop off, now they get arrested or mm-hmm. worse, you know? And I think it's so, you know, it's a power thing and, and the, 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 you know, Asians and, the African-American community have always had a fraught relationship. Like it has it's always been like, we're always pitted against one another. Neither of us have like that much political power. And we both face discrimination of different kinds. Like obviously the ones that African-Americans are facing are far more vicious um, and violent. Yes.
2: But there's, there's nothing to be gained from comparing the plights. It's crabs in no, a bucket. We
1: I agree, but we're not the ones comparing it's, what, what's happening is, like, back in the 60s, white politicians were using Asians and saying, oh, look at them, follow their example, look how behaved they are, and using that as a cudgel to try to get the Blacks, oh, my God, ugh, African-Americans... Uh, uh, what have
2: you done? What have you done? I'm done. I've just ruined kind of, it. Cancel.
1: Anyways, the whole point is, it's like we have to be doing more. Just, and again, not just as Asians, but as humans. Like, we should all be doing more. I don't know what that is. I'm asking... And I'm looking and I'm listening. I think what's the most important yeah. thing is to listen. Because th- it's that what's happening to the African-American community is so outside of my experience that, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know how to begin.
3: It's hey. because of this rhetoric. It's because of these um, biases against the Black community that Asian people who are just trying to... I don't know, be like white people so we can be free. Let's face it, people in Asia are bleaching their skin, getting surgery, bigger eyes. Like you just know that in Asia, like white is right. Like we hold that epitome of whiteness to our beauty standards to what we want. We want to be like overtake America in being like the number one country. Everyone wants to be white because we want the freedom of the whiteness. And so what do we do? We also inherit the prejudice of the whiteness and that prejudice is against black people. I'm a young girl, I'm watching my dad. He loves NBA basketball, Chicago Bulls, his best friend. He always says to me, oh, I'm not racist. My best friend Maurice is black. And yet he can still tell his daughter, Jennifer, which basically means, Jennifer, you better not date or, like, be with a black guy. You know what I mean? So what is this hip- hip- hypocrisy, dad? Like, sorry to call out my dad, but that's what he told me when I was young. And I'll, there are plenty of other immigrant girls with parents and dads that are like, oh, make sure he's not black because of that mentality. Yes. So it's not just like, oh, we're Asians and we're against, like, like we all adopt that. So this problem, like the, the Asian cop not doing anything, yes, definitely I think there's a power issue, but also I think in Asian culture, there is apathy. That is ingrained in us. Mind your own business. In China, you see mm. a kid being run over by a vehicle mm. No one goes to help because we're all suspicious. Like if we go help, we're gonna get implicated in a scheme. Like keep your head down, mind your business. That's our mentality and it needs to change because this passive bullshit isn't working for us or other communities.
1: Yeah, that's why you shouldn't be sorry for calling out your dad. This, this is part of the thing. Like, we when shit like that happens, we have to call
2: it out.
0: I mean, yeah. we ha-
2: just as know. people, not even not even a yeah. racial component. We need to just support 100%. other people.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say you know just just leaning more into the Asian relationship with the Black community. It's interesting because Asians really like Black culture is really, you know, like, like what Jennifer was saying, we do admire white culture, but we also really admire black culture. NBA, the second biggest market in the world is China. And then yeah. Hong Kong after that, which is kind of part of China. Um, so, you know, Philippines, all, all that kind of stuff, you know, rap music, hip hop, all this, all this kind of stuff. We really are into black culture. But as Jennifer said, like, you know, from an incredibly young age I was taught to hate black people flat out and most Asians are from an extremely young age and we can't just say that oh that's our parents generation because if that's been hammered into us like this is still my gender, like it happened to me. So what am I passing on? Um, if I, you know, obvi- I'm gay, so I'm never going to have a kid, but you know, other, other, other people. You don't know how, how good generation. science will get.
2: Maybe 5G will let us to achieve a whole new paradigm <laughs> of technology. Yeah.
0: You know, like, you know, it, it's just, we're passing it on down and the current generation has been taught this. And it's an ugly thing that Asians really have to face up to. And I will say when, when a lot of things happen with black lives matter, a lot of my Asian friends and specifically my gay Asian friends are the ones who don't, not only did they not join in, but they were like incredibly hostile toward the movement. And for me, I was just like, why? Like, not only are you a visible minority, you're also gay. And, you know, sure. They stopped our parade for like half a minute, but it's a peaceful protest. Like people are dying. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I I am disappointed in how Asians are reacting. Um, But yeah. um, Do you have have anything to to add Sebastian to that?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's the situation is degenerating even faster than usual in the U S and everyone's tense about multiple different issues at the same time in Texas. There are pe- people are getting shot with a, they're using rubber bullets, but they're hitting white people. So I think, it, you know, it's it's equally <laughs> severe in the public eyes. Uh, but people are getting shot in the face with rubber bullets, which is that's that can be lethal at the same as a regular. And this is just bystanders. These aren't even protesters. This is how bad it's getting. I don't know. I think that, uh, that the issue is getting too big to be contained within one group of anybody
0: yeah uh, you know affect I, I, everybody i would say it is affecting other people but I, I would say taking race out of the conversation when it's sort of what sparked it uh, is you know is it, it's it, it's a little bit difficult for me because this whole thing is about race and trying to take it apart and say that you know it's how we react as as humans I, I i'm not sure i'm not sure i can really get there yet because to me it's just you know the, the race aspect of it, and this is probably part of my history coming in. So before I did comedy, I used to organize human rights conferences. And literally, I only do comedy because I wanted to spread my message to more, you know, unwilling participants because not that many people go to human rights conferences. So for me, this is like. I don't know. I, I just feel like if we're trying to have this conversation and take the race out of it and talk about it as humans, well, I, I just like, don't. No
2: one's trying to take the race yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. No, no, no. Race is obviously, obviously it's, an issue. It's right? the motivating factor. Exactly. It's
1: a, very, yeah. it's, it's a complicated issue and there's like a power dynamic. and But the power dynamic is very much intertwined and inextricable from race. So we have to talk about race. I'm not saying not talk about race. We have to. And we should talk about more openly. And we have, we have to listen and educate ourselves. And then we have to spread the message to educate others, you know, because like at the end of the day, like if this was happening to, to I mean, and, and it was obviously like with the beginning of Corona, you know, COVID, like Asians were also suffering from discrimination, mm-hmm. right. Nothing at this level would, you know, not to compare, but like, hmm. you know, like we, you know, people were being violent towards Asians and and whatnot. And like, you know, and if we had seen a video, there's a widely circulated video right now of like, an Asian man with a knee on their neck wouldn't we want everybody else to stand up and speak up for us I don't know I mean I I genuinely don't I feel like we would
3: no we would but here's the question do you think that cop would have put a knee if it was not a black man but a Hispanic a Chinese person an Indian another white guy Mm. and that's why you can't pull race
1: out of this conversation because of that there's like this irrational fear that's it's, it's it's been ingrained for so, so, so long. You know, like, this problem, I mean, this problem has been going back hundreds of years. This is not, like, a, a recent thing. Like, the, you know, this has been going back forever. And, like, it, it, I mean, yeah, I think we were talking before about, like, leadership, like, you know, voting and whatever. Like, yeah, like, that's, that's one of the remedies. But there's, like, so, it's such a complicated, such a deep issue of hurt.
2: I, I do kind of feel like this is a subject for like, it's like a surgery that we're trying to do with a chainsaw over here. Like we're not, we're just yeah. trying to hack away at it and we don't really I'm know what we're right. doing.
0: Yeah. I, I I think too, what people ha- have to understand is in the U S it's so deep seated and, you know, I, I feel like a, a lot of people are trying to, to make it about, you know, healing, coming together, talking, being more peaceful But I feel like sometimes you can't just totally be peaceful because you need somebody who's a willing participant. And to me in the U S half of this country went to war for slavery. So, and that wasn't that long ago. So it's not like you're talking to descendants of people who are thinking correctly and you can reason with them. Not only do they not think there should be equal rights. Some of these people, like not only did they believe in slavery, they were willing to die for it. And Mm -hmm. you think their descendants like one or two generations later are like, oh yeah, let's totally. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Solomon Giorgio had a great tweet where he said he was like, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was basically like, yeah, I think black people totally have a right to burn down the country that they built for free.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, you know, talking about the, 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 Protests—I hate to call them riots—but um, you know, some people are characterizing it as that. So you call it protests, you can call it riots, whatever you want. But you know, there's been different. There's been different riots coming up. Some have been violent. Some have been more peaceful. And it sort of seems like a lot of the conversation has shifted to you know are these riots really helping? You know, are they just burning down their own communities? How should they be doing this? How should they be doing that? And for me, I get upset because the people who are so passionate about, oh, they shouldn't be looting. were totally silent about the murders. And I was like, what do you care about more? You know? And Mm -hmm. like for, for me, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put this in, in, in comic book terms, but it's like, I'm more Magneto than Professor X, and you know if you if you watch X Men, it, it makes more sense. But Professor X is about like you know peaceful negotiations, and I was always more like you know it, it, honestly, it's part of why I've I've done rice and everything. I'm more about grouping together and empowering each other so that we have the negotiating power because they can see we're unified as opposed to going and asking our oppressors. For like scraps being like, oh please don't oppress us. I'm like, no, we're gonna do our own movement, and then when we have the leverage, then we'll talk to you. Um, and just just so that analogy makes sense, the reason why I bring up that analogy is a lot of people feel like, you know, X Men is an allegory for racism, mm-hmm. and Professor and X, is. yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Professor X was based on Martin Luther King and his best friend being um, Magneto based on Malcolm X. And so there's mm-hmm. all this talk, there's people who have been tweeting at, Mal- at uh, Martin Luther King's children, telling, like, white explaining to them what Martin Luther King would have done, and these are his own kids. And it's sort of, one thing in the comic books right now, it's, it's kind of interesting, is that after all these years, Professor X has finally seen the light and has stopped peace and is now full on gung ho with Magneto. And I'm like, is that where we are in the world? Is there a place for Martin Luther King, or is it time for Malcolm X burn this shit down? I mean, both Martin
1: Luther King and Malcolm X were assassinated, so clearly,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean,
1: it's they, not like it, either of
2: it. They don't, they don't they want us talking what? at all. They <laughs> <laughs> either either way, it's trouble. Uh, yeah. But you know, we we got to have trouble to have. Uh, equality I guess is what we were the troubles all for but you know I uh, I was talking to some of my friends and some people were upset about the looting more than the you know the issue which is people being killed in the street and I, I that's it's made me really question where people's priorities are like no, is looting like
3: grocery store that bad no I think that the people, issue with the looting Pardon?
2: Sorry. Like like, what's the life worth to these people, you know?
3: No, I just think the issue with the looting is kind of twofold. Like, yeah, some people might be like, no, my favorite auto shop. But there's another layer to it, which is some people think that there are, whether they call it like Russian spies or instigators out there, or even white supremacist neighbors going out, starting shit up, looting on purpose. There's a video going viral on Twitter of a guy in broad daylight fully black clothes, like a tall white guy with the black umbrella, complete face mask, literally just taking a brick and like banging this store. And a lot of the people around the parking lot, including this black guy who was smoking a blunt was like, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And Mm -hmm. he was like, he's like, you want to go? And he's like, here, hold my blunt. And he goes after this guy. Cause he's like, why are you destroying property? Cause it's making it seem like we are doing this. And that is not necessarily Our violent fight we are not
2: for the message
3: and if you remember what Trump said what he tweeted when the looting starts the shooting starts so talk about fanning the flames
2: I mean and again
1: again it's leadership right like and look everybody's like there's no way Trump knew that that was like you know he's quoting a racist from 1968 it's like okay look he has an entire staff yeah somebody surely knew that that was a terrible thing to say and he did it anyways. And I mean, like, I think it's really telling that in a time when there's historical protests about the inequities of power, you have him declaring Antifa uh, a terrorist organization. You know? I don't know.
2: It's kind of hard to read through the eye holes of a white robe. It gets in the way.
1: <laughs> you know, maybe that's what those are. Like, he has those like circles around his eyes.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, the, the, that's the tan line.
1: And from like being in the white robe the whole time. This is kind. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. But, he... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Leonard. Keep going. Oh, I don't even remember. The, what, yes,
2: we were trying to make a weird tanning <laughs> joke with the <laughs> yeah. with the KKK robe. We, you
3: know,
1: we but think going are racist. Going back
3: to That's the protests, I think like the people out there fighting for this, you know, this movement. It, it's really about like I'm going to echo what the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bonham, said in a very powerful news conference speech. She was talking about being mother and having she's black by the way and she has four kids and she's talking about her eldest son being 18 years old and she was saying like no one can like out concern me the the fear I have as a mother every day when my sons go out I fear for their safety and she's saying if you guys continue to loot and do this like I can't protect you like you are ruining like the community that we built for it you're like demolishing like the cnn building they're covering our stories like what are you doing this is chaos this is not what martin luther king jr like talked about in his dream and when you create this chaos the story is no longer about the murder of an innocent black man but about people burning down cop cars yeah. it's counterproductive
0: uh, you know because... I'll, I'll 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 challenge that a little bit because i i feel like so in in toronto we had a very peaceful protest about four thousand people and then nobody cared. Do people care if there's no violence, if there's no disturbance, if there's no... Not that I'm saying that that's the better way, but, you know, peaceful protest was tried. Kneeing was tried. Stopping a parade was tried. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. It continued. And now there's rioting, there's violence. And you know what? The guy did get arrested. Would he have gotten arrested otherwise? Who knows? He was arrested because the video came out. Like, if there were no, uh, Mm. like, sweep it
2: under the rug. That's what they always. That's what they usually do. there uh, there have
0: been cases. There have been cases.
2: That That was last week. We don't care about that anymore. No, I mean,
1: like, even with the Rodney King thing. Like, they're you know, know, they were saying, oh, this guy, he he was saying he got beaten. Then they they were saying, no, that never happened. And then the video came out, and they're like, well, exactly what Rodney King said happened happened, and that's why those the LA riots happened, right? It's just.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I I would say that, that I'm not sure I can totally separate the rioting from the arrest because there have been cases in the US, multiple cases, of cell phone video, just as awful, if not worse, in some of these cases. And right. there wasn't even an indictment, never mind um,
3: a story, if, yeah, or anything or that yeah, much of a with story. With
0: full video evidence just as clear just as hd just as 4k and nothing happened um and i just feel like i don't know it it really sounds like i'm like trying to to incite more riots but come on like the toronto thing nobody cared i'm sorry
3: they cared on my facebook feed i saw that photos
0: (laughs) for days (laughs) <laughs> Toronto people care. Yeah, the the most thing I, I saw was there was some confrontation with a racist guy who poured a bucket of water on people. Like that was oh, the only bleach. thing trending from the whole. It was bleach. Oh, no, bleach! He was better than one... on the Toronto poop bucket guy. It's oh, a there step you up. go. It was. You know, I, I apologize for not being more educated on on the on it being bleach, but like that's was literally bleached. the talk only about story. trying to make
3: people white. Sorry, that was a laundry joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clean up your act. <laughs> um okay so just sort of to 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 direct this to the future as as we wrap up our conversation um you know we've talked about different ways we've talked about rioting but like how do we move forward how do we actually help so that we're not just seen as asians and as human beings as that cop of just standing by and letting it happen what can we do um let's go to Jennifer
3: We need to create a television show where the exclusive cast is just Asians and black people Romeo must die number 2 Asian Hamilton. This when they kiss yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Asian sure. Hamilton. they make yeah. out
2: hard for like 5 <laughs> minutes hard- at the end.
3: hardcore making Ooh, out it's like... all about the love yeah
2: all penetration
3: hot. Tyson Beckford is so hot like Asian he comes Asian <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't a real answer, but it kind of was. Oh, no, but it is. No, that is
1: the 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 right. I mean, it's not the right. It's an answer because okay. we are artists, right? So we got we need to create. Like when you were saying before, Jennifer, all these you know Asian women—they're trying to bleach their skin and become more white. Why is that? Why is the beauty standard white? It's because we're inundated with media that says white people are heroes and they're great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so obviously, that's what people are gonna gravitate towards because that's what we're taught. We are defined by the stories that we tell. We are defined by the stories that we like. So as artists, it is incumbent upon us to change those stories as much as we can, to like create, you know, these images that, you know, when people look at a Black person or an Asian person or an Indian person, they don't see like specific prejudices. They see fully realized humans. I, I love The Good Place for a many, many reasons, but I love The Good Place so much because their Asian character is an idiot. And he's kind and charming, <laughs> but he's an idiot. He's a complete idiot. Portals. Love it. Yeah. You know, because there are lots of Asian idiots out there, just mm-hmm. as there's lots of like super smart black people. There's lots of like, You know, whatever anti-stereotypes of all the other races, I'm not going to mention in case people think that I actually believe those things. (laughs) But this is what we have to show people who we really are. Mm -hmm. And then if they can see us as humans, maybe they won't put
0: knees on our necks. Wow, that's a silent drop drop the mic, drop a pin moment. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, as artists, for sure, um, there there has been a lot of conversation going forward about what to do. I do think some people are being silent because when people have tried to um, to uh, bring awareness, they have been shot down. You know, there's white people who are um, posting what their privileges are, and then people are attacking them like that's not enough, this isn't enough, that isn't enough. So it's just sort of like what would be enough? And, and th- that's a great answer as artists. Um, but I think the conversation is slowly starting to move to, you know, should people donate more to places in need? Um, should we really push people out to, to get the vote? Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts, Sebastian?
2: Uh, I think it's, uh, it's important to realize that we're not separate from the issue as Asians. We need to, uh, uh the issue is so complex that i find myself at a loss for words but i I, it's really important that we need to uh support you know support people be it can't be separate from the issue this i'm saying no words of meaning uh to be honest because there are no words there are no words what do you you say it's it's hard i don't i don't hold the answer i don't know what's going to happen i'm scared
3: It also it almost feels like a checkmate. But I think this issue is it's it's just a layer like the discrimination and racism systemic racism against black people. Honestly, we are just Further along that spectrum like we are all on it. Asians, Indian people, LGBTQ women, black women like we're on that same plane. Okay, and if that if this discrimination and violence and hate exists for their community, guess what, it's gonna continue to exist for ours. Maybe not so much, but it will continue to be. And what can we do? What can our dear white friends do? Look, I have a lot of white friends, that's great. But I I gotta say, uh, one thing, I'm sorry, it kinda irks me is to see, like, and, and I really struggled with it. Oh, should I, do I have to post a Black Lives Matter thing on my Instagram just to show that I'm like a good person and it's like you know what I know I'm a good person I know I've dated black guys I've had black friends that doesn't make me like oh my god I'm a supporter now but something in my head was like there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon because this Mm -hmm. issue is so big now. Okay. And every, any time in the world, there's something that's so big and so political. It's almost as if like, and I'm not putting the words into white people's mouths, but when I view it as a person of color, I automatically see them feeling guilty about their whiteness. And so they're posting things that are like, Oh, this is really important. And then they're kind of shaming their other white friends for not Mm -hmm. doing the same thing or being like, if you're not talking about it, then you suck. And it's like, but do you have any people of color friends? Yeah, yeah, okay. And I just, I just feel like it's, it's like, a trend. it's like a crisis in America, a bandwagon. Try to I get just, some
2: clout on social media from this crisis.
3: Well, yeah. And are you going to continue fighting this fight when it's no longer news three weeks later? Yeah, I'll. You like, know. Have you been voicing this cause before this all happened?
0: Yeah, you know, just jumping on that topic, I, I was having a discussion on social media today because I was really upset at my, at my gay friends, my LGBTQ friends, because a lot of them who are going out, as Jennifer said, not only just posting um, their support of Black Lives Matter, but then shaming other people for not um, posting that same support, I are the same people who, at the last Toronto Pride Parade, when Black Lives Matter was peacefully protesting, they came out so hardcore against Black Lives Matter and were pro-police marching. But now that it's become popular to support yes. Black Lives Matter because there's more video evidence, now they're all like shaming other people for not supporting I'm like, excuse me, we still have your social media posts from the Black Lives Matter. And like, I think for me... it. You know, I I feel like what Jennifer said just really resonated with me because in in the queer community, there is so much anti-black racism that it's just so, you know, like people are supportive until it inconveniences them. People are supportive now because they see the George Floyd thing in in Minnesota. You know, oh, all my friends are posting it. I'll post it too. It's right. it's so easy to support yeah. a cause now. I mean, yeah. when I was growing up, you had to buy like a
2: dollar wristband and it was rubber. You know, and growing it was up, that was last pain, week. Man. It was that <laughs> it said, I heart boobs. And then you're like, oh, I support breast cancer. That was the extent of it. And that was so much more work than it is now. Yeah, or you just retweet something. Yeah. yeah, I,
0: I, I, I think a good word I've been seeing around is, 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 uh, performative support. They're just, it, they're just That's performing. Great. But once it, like, honestly, I can't even take you into how upset I was during the Black Lives Matter protest at the parade. And I'm not sure if you remember it is a couple years ago, but like the gays came out so hard against the black community because their parade, their party um it was ruined ruined for like what a half hour and then it just blew up. And maybe it's more my timeline because you know like a lot of my timeline are gays, but it was just incredibly vicious people were like you know pride is a celebration it's not a, a protest Is you know it's our party time this is our time and then people were reminding them like pride is the anniversary uh, like a celebration has started first from stonewall it is a protest and so to say you shouldn't protest at pride which is a protest is crazy and now literally uh, it took all of my energy today only because I didn't want to like divert from the actual issues to like, just go back and screen grab some of this shit and throw it in some of these people's faces who were so anti-black when it ruined their little gay party. But now we're like, you know, just out there shaming ah. other people for not, I'm like, anyway, that's yeah. like, the, there is the the level in which, uh, although it's like, it is sickening
2: to see like people fake support, it, it's kind of reductive to the cause overall to start gatekeeping.
1: Hmm. I yeah, I agree. But like, yeah, I, I like I struggled with whether or not to say anything because again, it's so outside of my experience. Like I right. like, what am I going to contribute yeah. to this? Am I going to be seen as somebody who is just doing? Or no, not even am I going to be seen? I don't care if that's how people see me. I'm more, you know, from. You know, from myself, I'm like, do I have anything important to say? Why am I saying anything? You know, like, am I just saying this because, you know, everybody else is saying it? Like, right. like, no, like, you know, but, like, I see my friends who are genuinely hurt, who are, like, like, this week is, like, so hard for them, like, where, you know, because of something that's happening to people that look like them. And I just, you know, like, I, I, I look at them and I care about them. And that's why I'm saying things. I think that's, you know, it's just, that's what it comes down to. It's just like being good friends to each other, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I guess how I've always thought about it is, um, and it's how I've always thought about my comedy, um, because I just feel like if I believe in it, then if somebody has Um, criticism or attack me for what I say, at least if I believe in it, then I'll be able to defend myself and I'll stand behind what I say. So I'm less worried about the reaction. I'm more worried about, do I believe in what I'm saying? And would it, am I willing to defend what I'm saying right now? Because if not, I'll shut up and make sure there's more space given to um, black voices that are in pain right now. But if I believe it and I want to say it and I can, um, you know, and I'll, I'm willing to, to defend my opinions and I'm willing to, to put it out there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think the only thing I really want to add about that is to the extent that, like, I, I really wanted to post, I wanted to post something about the fact that, you know, like, we're not, just because we're minorities doesn't make us exempt. And I know that a lot of people singled out that cop, you know, To Tao, the Laos guy, who rumor has it, we were speculating, was the brother of brother-in-law, but that's not true. But look, the cop did marry an Asian woman. She was Miss, whatever, Mrs. Minnesota in 2019. So when you hear these facts or when you see like, The fact that even one of the other cops one of the other four cops j alexander his last name is kung but in the security video he looked biracial so when you see that you're kind of like hmm well this is a diverse bunch this doesn't make sense because i thought it was a white versus black thing you know we're always pitted to believe that or but it's it's everyone like everyone is implicated in this shit like i wanted to post something to say that you know what chinese people like my sister posted this Black Lives Matter thing with Chinese characters on it saying, oh, Chinese, Asians, we need a support. There's even an article I read about someone who posted on Facebook about how the Asian community can support our, they even used the word in the article, our black siblings. Siblings. I'm sorry, isn't there something wrong with that headline when you're referring to another race as your sibling? Isn't sibling someone that you need to teach? So I was just like, that's condescending shit. And it was like, what, like, it was a list, and I know it was well-meaning, but it bothered me in some way, because it was just like, you know what, Chinese people have been racist. China is one of the most racist places mm-hmm. in the world. Let's not forget, a few months ago, uh, the ban on Mc- in McDonald's against Black people, a sign that literally said, um, no what? longer, you know, like, sorry, right. we can't Walk accept Black up. people. Like, so... It, <laughs> I don't know. It's easy to be like, yes, this is the race relations between the blacks and the whites, but it really is global, international. Like, I don't, I don't have an answer, but I think that education. Maybe if we, I don't know, did like a pen pal. Let's live in each other's houses or shoes or lives. Like, I don't know. Like
2: <laughs> we can only really
3: integrate. Is
1: wife swap? Is that right? your solution?
3: <laughs> Pardon? Well, solution like
1: is a wife swap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a wife swap. Stuff, you know?
3: Like my whole thing about like, you know, we all know what it's like to be a driver and a cyclist for those of us yeah. who drive. And we all, when we're a driver, we hate the cyclists. And when we're cyclists, <laughs> we hate drivers. For
2: sure. We
1: can
3: yeah. hold those I mean, people, just
2: people, just, understanding. just people moving at speeds that I'm not moving. That's, the worst (laughs) everyone move at my speed that i'm currently if i speed up everybody else too
3: (laughs) so
0: okay so you know we're 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 almost out of time so we 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 do need to wrap up i know this is very difficult i'm sure we'll be talking about it next week as well um but i'm gonna give everybody uh, a chance here to to give some final thoughts on this very complicated situation um what, what are your thoughts sebastian
2: um, I think it's weird how people are just kind of like all look at the one the one non-white guy in the group of cops. They they all just point at the finger like, what about him? He's not white. It's like that's not the issue. The real issue is the murder.
0: Jennifer. Uh
3: I think a thing to remember is we've covered a lot about black men dying in police custody, there have also been a ton of black women that have died at the hands of police that go unreported completely and the stories that we don't know. And I think that with the momentum we have now from this, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know, it seems pretty friggin' chaotic and crazy. Like every time I turn on CNN, it, it looks like scenes from like the Middle East right now, like the riots in the streets. Um, Moving forward, I think we just need to be ask more questions, be more aware. I think social media has been a good thing in this instance of providing evidence. So I think we need to be the ones taking those videos when we see an injustice. We need to be the ones that are not apathetic. We need to be the ones challenging authority when we see something and we think it's fucking wrong.
0: Hmm. Leonard?
3: I mean,
1: yeah, I've said most of,
2: again. I feel, I feel that. That, I just that, don't know. that sigh is really relatable.
1: Like, I don't know what to say. And, and especially, you know, as a comedian, it's like. Yeah, I can't joke about it. About it. It's supposed to be, this is a Asian comedy pocket. There's nothing funny about this. So it's like so, and I just don't know what to say. Because it's just, it is, again, it's so outside my realm of experience. So again, all I can do is just listen. And I think that's just all anyone can do and I like I did a show last night and a lot of African Americans on that show and um, yeah and the, the message that kept coming through over and over is no justice no peace mm. and I I mean yeah I, I don't know how it's going to happen you know I feel like I feel like anybody who has power like the more power you have the more harshly you should be punished for abusing it unfortunately the people who make all the rules for who gets punished they're the ones who have the power. So i mean all we can do is do our best to to shift the balance of power do what we can and give power to
2: good people so vote vote it is voting yeah. vote vote for body cams on police
1: oh, yeah. you know I've, i think cremo al bar was saying maybe every black person has to wear a body cam
0: yeah you know i i I, I really hear you on the on the listening. I think one really important thing is there's so many things to talk about. And, you know, just because of the debate format of this podcast, you know, we did have to tackle a lot of different topics because I feel like the main topic we all agree on, which is cops shouldn't be murdering black men. So it doesn't work so well for, you know, you know we'll have that as a topic. We'll all say, yeah, obviously. But to most of the world, or at least to these cops, that's not obvious. So I would say a lot of the conversation, if you know, unless you're doing a debate podcast, I would say a lot of the conversation, you know, talking about the riots, talking about should they be looting, talking about the Asian cop, talking about his wife, all of these to me are just distractions. And if I could say one thing, it's just let's focus on what the heart of it is, which is Black men are getting killed. Black women are getting killed. Cops need accountability, and Mm. all this other stuff is just, you know, it's it's you know, it's distractions. Yeah, it's 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 fodder for for debate shows, but it's not like let's. There should be no debate on the core issue. And mm-hmm. if you're ever in a Facebook thread where you're talking about this and somebody tries to divert it about some other random lame shit, do not let them divert it. Make them stay in that uncomfortable place where the thing that shouldn't be a debate is sadly a debate, which is should cops be able to kill black men? Why? Why is this a d- debate? And let's let's keep it there. And mm-hmm. um, That's a rather somber note to end it with. I know I'm laughing because I have a nervous laugh and I laugh whenever I'm uncomfortable when I'm cold or I'm sleepy and I'm all of those things right now. And (laughs) (laughs) signing off, um, we will see you next week for another episode. And thank you again, listeners.